This is episode 120 of IDRA Class Notes. One of the things that I learned now that I'm in the classroom is that you need to build a relationship with students. If you don't have that relationship, there's no buy-in. There's no buy-in to want to learn. And that's one of the things that I'm currently still working on is, yes, I've built that relationship and they want to learn in my classroom, but they have six other classes that they're attending. So having them motivated not only for my classroom, but for those other six, because learning, it's not just in one classroom, it's in everywhere all the time. IDRA's transitions to teaching programs are accelerated teacher certification programs funded through the U.S. Department of Education. They're programs to help prepare recent college graduates and individuals from other careers to become teachers. IDRA's transitions to teaching program has been funded for the past 12 years to help prepare teachers in high-need areas such as math, science, bilingual ESL, and special education. These teachers are placed in high-need schools. IDRA is working statewide with teacher preparation programs in colleges, universities, and school districts. We have helped place over 600 teachers in high-need schools. Today, we're going to visit with Marta Alonso and Marlene Alonso, they participated in IDRA's Caminos program and participated in the program at our partner teacher preparation program, Alamo Colleges. Welcome, Marta. Welcome, Madeline. Thank you. Thank you. Marta, would you tell me a little bit about your previous career and what you're doing now? So uh, when I graduated from college, I uh, majored in business with a concentration in accounting. And right after I finished college, I started working as an internal auditor for San Antonio ISD. My passion had always really been teaching. But, you know, when you're in high school, you think, oh, you know, I want to go and for these big jobs. And so I kind of went that route. And then later on, when I was actually doing auditing, I just always felt like there was something missing. So that's kind of why I decided to do this alternative certification and, and go the the education route. And now I don't regret my, my choice. So, And what grade level are you teaching? I'm currently teaching 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. And I teach ESL. ESL? Great. Marlene, how about you? Tell me about your previous career and what you're doing now. My previous career was in the banking industry. I worked from being a teller to um, also member service representative. During that time, I worked on my bachelor's degree in marketing, and I received my bachelor's degree in marketing. And then I decided to go back because I still wasn't ready to get into the marketing field. So I decided to pursue my MBA. And while doing my MBA, we both decided that we wanted to do the teacher certification because it was both, you know, our dreams to be teachers as kids. So um, we kind of wanted to do our, our childhood dream. To become teachers. That is so great. <laughs> and you're teaching again? I'm teaching fourth grade bilingual at Bowden Elementary oh. with San Antonio ISD. Oh, okay. Okay. You told me you enjoy being a teacher. You wanted to be a teacher. What surprised you about becoming a teacher? What surprised me was when I was in 
school I was always a motivated child I always wanted to learn that was just like my thing I'm still you know in school learning <laughs> and um, one of the things that surprised me is sometimes that the kids are kind of like not as motivated as other students so that was like my biggest surprise when I got in the classroom and what was your biggest surprise I think my biggest surprise was being that I teach in the area that I grew up in. I never saw a lot of the other issues that are involved with getting students motivated to learn, as well as Martha. You know, her and I have conversations about that, getting that extra thing that we need to do to not only teach our students, but also motivate them to want to learn. So, you know, I grew up in that area, and I grew up motivated to want to learn. So being that I'm still in that area, and, and they're not motivated. So that's one of the biggest things that I that surprised me. Okay. So what kinds of things are you doing to help motivate and Give an idea of something you do for motivational. One of the things that I learned now that I'm in the classroom, is that you need to build a relationship with students. If you don't have that relationship, there's no buy-in. There's no buy-in to want to learn. And that's one of the things that I'm currently still working on is, yes, I've built that relationship and they want to learn in my classroom, but they have six other classes that they're attending. So having them motivated not only for my classroom, but for those other six, because learning, it's not just in one classroom. It's in everywhere all the time. So so it's the building the relationships. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, building those relationships and uh, letting the kids know that it can be done. And, you know, if you put all your work into it and, and show and leading by example that, you know, it can be done and sharing those experiences that look at me, I'm still in school and I'm an adult already, you know, it, it, learning never stops and, and really changing that mind frame that learning is not a chore, but more of something that needs to be done and something that will build you as a person. That's great. That sounds wonderful. Marta, IDRA has a change model called the Quality School Action Framework. One of the key indicators is the importance of teaching quality. How do you organize and deliver instruction to be more effective with your students? How do you organize it and deliver it? Um, we do the first few years as a teacher, you attend a lot of training. So you're like overloaded with information all the time. And so just trying to figure out where is it going to fit in my lesson plan, that's one thing. And then another um, factor that plays into that is, I guess, talking, conversating with other teachers and seeing how they use it. And I do teach students that are in the low level. And so sometimes you they don't have that foundation and they that where they build it is in elementary school. So I'm like running to my sister like, hey, you know, how did you teach this? And she'll give me examples and I'm like, okay, it's going to work. And then I go back and I teach it and it worked. So it's, it's making sure that you're not just learning at professional development, but you're seeking advice from other teachers who have that expertise level, you know, information and sharing it with you. That is a great point, that you've learned some strategies through training in professional development, but you're also working with other teachers. Your sister, for example, who is a teacher in elementary and gives you some advice or some techniques to use in the classroom. Marlene, would you share one of your teaching successes with ESL bilingual students. 
in your classrooms? One of the biggest successes that I think and that I experienced my first year teaching fourth grade, and I think I will continue to experience them, is that in third grade, um, we follow the late exit model, um, bilingual model. So um, a lot of our students are transitioning from half 50% English, 50% Spanish. So they're still in their comfort level in third grade. And then they get to fourth grade and it's most of the instruction in, in English, if not all of it, with, you know, that, that part where you, you know, to clarify, you sometimes use the native language of the student. So my biggest success is that I get to see how students come in being very shy, very, very timid, learning and embracing the English language to them leaving off to fifth grade and some of them even exiting the bilingual program because they're ready to just embrace that that English. And, you know, and, and like she comes to me, I go to her. So what is it that they are learning in middle school so that I can, you know, help my kids be able to not be going to middle school and having to take an ESL course, but them having that foundation and um, really embracing the English language and being able to be successful in content core classes. That is so great. That is amazing. You both attended, or, or one of you, uh, Marlene, uh, y'all attended some professional development and mentoring through IDRA's Caminos Project. How did that mentoring and professional development help you? One of the ones that I attended and that I will always, you know, refer back to every single day is the different strategies to use with our bilingual students. You know, the strategies of using visual aids, the strategies of using all sorts of other things, you know, to help our students be successful. So that's something that I, it's an everyday thing that I refer back to and, and use because it's, it's very successful. And once I learned it and I went back and applied it, it was like 100% better for my students. So I continue to use those strategies every day. That is great. So IDRA did help with some very good strategies mm-hmm. for bilingual ESL students. Marta, how do you work with other teachers, with other leaders? And you did talk a little bit about this and mentors who offer you help to be a more effective teacher. So who are you working with and how do they help you? On, on my campus, there's only one ESL teacher, and that would be me. And so, um, you know, other campuses have two or three, you know. So there's a team. There's always a team. And that was my struggle my first year is I felt like I didn't belong to anybody. You know, ELA's, their, their team, and math is there. Everyone is in their little teams, and I'm kind of like, hello, like, where do I belong? <laughs> and so we had an ESL specialist from the school district, and she kind of, you know, carried me and walk me through my first year because my first semester was scary. She's no longer the the ESL specialist because of budget cuts and now she works in other departments but she still to this day my third year helps me. Um, She'll help me with lesson plans sometimes when I'm like some sometimes I just need a vent and she's there and she tells me okay stop you know they're kids and so you know she just kind of brings me back to earth and she helps me with that and then she also tells me hey you know try this strategy and she tells me, I'm always excited to talk to you because you 
always tell me that everything that I tell you works and I'm like it does work and I even share it with Marlene so you know she helps both of us um she kind of helped Marlene with the whole writing process and she took off and ran with it and now she's helping me with it too so I do use teacher support I do go back and ask because people feel like oh it's your third year you should already know what you're doing but you're still learning you know it never it never stops there's always something to go out and and work on so well I think that alone is a good message that you're sending that you're always learning yeah that being a teacher even though it's the first year the second or third there's always this learning going on as a teacher for both of you I want to ask what advice would you give to a future first-year teacher I think with me and kind of uh, to go back to what you said earlier, it's yes, it's your first year. Yes, you're going to get feel like the world is coming down on your shoulders, but really just embracing the career within itself and knowing that this is always going to be a learning process and you're always going to feel like it's your first year and you're, you know, that everything's getting thrown at you, but really just taking the information and feeling so overwhelmed with it and really just taking it day by day and being the best that you can, being the best mentor, being the best motivator for your students. And and at the end of the day, it's why you're there for the students. Yeah, correct. And I, I agree with her. You know, your first year, everything seems overwhelming. And one of the things that I tell the kids in my classroom is it's okay to make mistakes. And, you know, just like it's okay for them to make mistakes, it's going to be okay for me to make mistakes, too. So, you know, your first year, you're going to feel like everything, well, at least for me, it felt like everything was a mistake. You know, I felt like, oh, but, you know, I saw growth. You know, at the end of the year, there was growth made. You know, that's why we go to work every day, just to teach the kids. And it may not be like something, you may not have met an objective or a teak, but maybe you, you open their eyes to want to learn learn more like them eager to learn so that that would be my advice is just you know don't take everything so personal and it's okay to make mistakes especially your first year so (laughs) and that you're always on a learning curve you're always in a learning curve the question's not here but I'm, I'm just curious if you had to say something that you saw in the last three years that said yep I made the right decision yes I made the what would it be how did that happen I think at the end of the year, the first two years that I that I finished, I sat down and I reflected on everything that I had done that year. And knowing that seeing my scores and seeing the scores at the beginning of the year and comparing them and seeing like, wow, you know, I really did make an impact on these students is one of the most rewarding things anyone could ever give me you know it's nothing tangible that you know I can hold on to but it's definitely something that you feel like wow I really made an impact on someone's life and they go off to middle school and I'm still like I wonder how those you know my kids are doing so that's one of the biggest things that I take from teaching I agree my kids will sometimes tell they're in middle school so they're not like you know 
the friendliest kids fun <laughs> so sometimes they'll tell me like oh you're so mean to me or you know something but then they come back you know like I had my eighth graders who are now sophomores in in high school and they come back and they tell me oh I miss you and I miss the way you teach and even kids who exit the program come back and sometimes they tell me can I just sit in your room just for one class period so knowing that I'm like okay I made at least they have like they feel like this is home to them you know they feel that they can come back to me and they trust me and you know to have that relationship too where you can you know not see them for a year and then they come back and it's just like you saw them yesterday so that's where I'm like okay I did the right thing <laughs> so they became your students and yes. my students yes. your students that is, yeah. so the way you talk about them it's yeah. my students came yeah. back or my students did well yeah Thank you so much for this conversation. And I just want to ask you, is there anything else, if you knew this was going to be aired, which it is, what would you want to say to, to any teachers, to future teachers? Would there be a, something you'd just like to say at the end? I would. I would just say be happy when you go to work. Don't feel like it's a job because the kids can see that. And so if you, just be happy because if you're happy, then if they come in with a bad day or they had a bad morning and you're happy, then that kind of just, you know, transmits to them. And then it makes them like, okay, you know, settle down. <laughs> I'm okay. You know, I'm at school. So I would just say that just be happy. Um, yes, the kids are going to be kids, but you know, of course there's consequences and discipline needs to occur. But at the end of the day, just let them know that you care and that, that they should be happy. And I think with me, um, you know, teachers are always known like, oh, well, you get two summers off. Just the fact that like, yes, you're going to have all these other things that you have to do on your plate. But knowing that during the day when your kids are there, you can't let them see all the pile of papers that need to be filled out because they can see that. And then when you give them work, they probably feel like that too. So showing them how to cope with that and really like just being happy with your students and really building those relationships with them because then they don't see you as a teacher. They see you as a facilitator to, to their life. So That is so great. Well, Marta and Marlene, thank you so much for coming today and um, sharing with us what teaching is about and how you became a teacher, because you are going to impact someone else as a teacher. As a, You're going to impact your children, the students you work with that belong to you, but also you're going to impact other teachers who see the way that you teach and the way you've developed your skills. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for listening to IDRA Class Notes. For more information on IDRA and other Class Notes topics, go to www.idra.org. You can also send us your thoughts by email to podcast at idra.org.